You cannot underestimate the power the lifestyle of farming has on attracting people who do not want to work the nine to five office job. Hi, you're listening to Crop to Top, a Cotton Info podcast supported by Queensland Department of Agriculture and Fisheries and the Cotton Research and Development Corporation. I'm Shana Holman from Cotton Info and Queensland Department of Agriculture and Fisheries. Australian agriculture has identified that a key component required for driving production gains is a capable and motivated workforce. Additionally, there are concerns about how to attract and retain good employees on farm. My guest today is a postdoctoral research fellow supported by CRDC at the University of Southern Queensland, whose research investigates the workforce requirements of the Australian cotton industry. She's a member of Axel, the Australian Collaboratory for Career Employability and Learning for Living, and is an alumni of the National Farmers Federation 2030 Leadership Program. You may have met her at a field day or even been on the other end of a phone interview with her. I'm talking about Dr. Nicole McDonald. Welcome to Crop to Top, Nicole. Thanks, Shana. So would you be able to share with us how you initially got interested and involved in workforce research and what led you to investigating the workforce requirements of the Australian cotton industry? I actually studied psychology and then after I finished my honours year, I realised that I didn't really want to be a clinical psychologist. So I was just working at a bank in a call centre and I got really frustrated when this email went around that something that had been given to us as a resource to show appreciation and to make our workplace a little bit kinder and was freely available for us for use whenever we felt like it was all of a sudden going to be controlled by the manager and used as an incentive. I, at the time, still had access to the USQ library, so I accessed some journal articles and I put together a one-page reference document titled Why Massage Chairs Should Be Free and for Everyone, <laughs> The Role of Resources and Incentives in a Call Centre, <laughs> and promptly sent it off to the Executive General Manager. It was at that stage I realised that I was a bit bored at work and maybe I needed to come back to study. The opportunity came up to do some research in the cotton industry around job satisfaction for farm workers, something that I knew nothing about, but I was really keen to learn about. So I knew no one in agriculture at the time, but I embraced the opportunity and had amazing support from CRDC throughout it. And now I wouldn't be researching anywhere else. Well, it's not often we get to thank a massage chair for leading someone to the Australian cotton industry, but I'm so glad it did. So your PhD involves speaking to a number of farm workers to better understand job satisfaction on cotton farms. What made you interested in approaching your research from a job satisfaction perspective? It's not uncommon when people think about attraction and retention to work that it can be solved easily with increased wages. Even recently on Twitter, I was involved in a discussion around one of the challenges that the industry is concerned about at the moment with the drought, and that's if we reduced our workforce because it's necessary when no work's happening on farm, how are we gonna ramp production back up again when the drought breaks? And one person's comment was, you're not gonna struggle to find workers if you just open the checkbook. It's a fair comment, but it's not the whole picture. There are a heap of other elements we look to when making our career choices. So I was really interested in beyond money, what motivates someone to want to work in the cotton industry. 
There's a lot of research already out there on job satisfaction or theories of career development, but particularly with the career choices, a lot of it is actually studied on university students and not in the real world. And then when you look at job satisfaction that has been studied in the real world, a lot of that is on white collar jobs or blue collar workers in factories, which is so different to someone working on a farm who has a lot of variety of tasks and autonomy in their roles. So there was a real gap in knowledge there. With growers potentially finding themselves competing with mining and other agricultural industries farm staff, were there any key characteristics or similarities between the farm staff that you surveyed that led them to being attracted to the cotton industry? In the job satisfaction study, we didn't look so much at attraction because we were looking at people who were already employed in the industry and what was keeping them going. But more recently, I've been looking at the next generation of cotton industry workers. So I've interviewed some people who've been in the industry for five years or less who could really reflect on what attracted them to the industry. And you cannot underestimate the power that the lifestyle of farming has on attracting people who do not want to work the nine to five office job. The lifestyle in farming is really different to mining. And in some ways, the reason why mining has to pay people so much money is because they can't offer what agriculture can. They can't give you the conditions of work, like variety of tasks, the opportunity to to contribute to having a positive effect on the environment and caring for the land. And that sense of meaning that can be found from performing a job that ultimately is gonna feed and clothe the world. Young people I spoke to were particularly attracted to that sense of purpose that they could draw from their jobs. Were you finding that across both next-gen farm workers, agronomists, researchers, were they common themes? Yeah, they absolutely were very common themes. Drilling it down again to looking at beyond agriculture, why the cotton industry? So I can't really say compared to other agricultural industries because I just don't have the data. But in terms of why people wanted to work in cotton was it is perceived as being a very young industry, a very dynamic industry, an industry that's really open to new ideas, that has a strong R&D culture and is really collaborative so that when you're new to industry, you can easily find supports to become established and become a part of something that's bigger than yourself. That's such fantastic news that those sentiments are being shared by our next gen workers. So reflecting on your discussions with surveyed farm managers and farm workers, was there a particular personality or values that these employees had or identified with that predicted whether someone would be right for the job on farm? You've got two things there you're looking at, personality and values. I might talk about personality first. When I first started researching, I thought what I would be looking at in terms of personality for farm workers was conscientiousness, which is, you know, that real strong work ethic of getting something done and committing to it, and openness to experience, that sense of adventure and trying something new. But then when speaking to workers, it became clear that there was this real type of personality, someone who was going to show initiative, someone who could go off and be trusted to do the job that they were asked to do, someone who was proactively looking out for potential problems, being the eyes and ears on the ground for the grower who wasn't necessarily out there in the field with them. That really resonated with me around proactive personality. And when we looked at the modelling, proactive personality definitely had an impact on you know, people's confidence and their skills and their engagement at work, it didn't have a direct relationship with job satisfaction. Someone with a proactive personality could be your best asset on farm, 
or they potentially could be your worst nightmare. And unless you're managing that sort of person well or you're creating an environment that's making the most of that kind of person, they can either really build up your business or crash and burn. The other thing I'll say too when talking to growers about some of their hiring practices, they all wanted people who were showing that they were going to be really enthusiastic. I think that probably speaks to values a little bit more. So it is really important for someone to have values that are aligned with your farming business, that they value looking after the land and making it work for you, getting the most out of it, that they really care about their jobs. Just be careful when you're looking to interview people for that. Sometimes we think we want the person who can convey that sense the loudest or the most convincingly. What you might be doing there is hiring an extrovert when someone who's introverted could actually be better for your business. I would say there isn't really any one sort of trait you should be going for, but go for a mix of them that's going to work within your team. So Nicole, you mentioned before about trying to pick values that reflect your business. How does a grower figure out an employee's values in an interview? Oh, that's a really good question. I'm not too sure that I really have an answer for you yet, other than what I found with a lot of the employers that I spoke to were they were hiring people who had done work experience with them because they had a chance to try that person and see what their values were over a period of a couple of weeks. They knew that they would fit into the business. So that try before you buy kind of thing is really valuable. So maybe if you're really trying to look for values, partner up with a Tokau college or partner up with a local high school with kids who are interested in agriculture or partner up with a university and offer those work placements. That's certainly something that growers are doing for their strategic workforce planning. Values is a tricky thing to sort of assess in an interview, so I don't have the best answer for you just yet. It definitely is a tricky one. And what were some of the factors that made farm managers and farm workers more inclined to stay at their farm in business and employment? And what can growers take away from these learnings to help retain staff? We didn't actually measure turnover intentions or intentions to leave in any of the research that we've done. But what we do know is that being satisfied in your job is a really important factor that is associated with those sorts of things. And what we know that impacts job satisfaction is perceived organisational support. So that worker having the sense that their employer values their contributions to the workplace and that they care about them as an individual and their well-being. We often hear when we talk to people about leaving a workplace is that people don't leave their job, they leave their employer. And that certainly makes sense when we think about perceived organisational support and how strong an influence it is on that sort of factor. The other thing is you know, in my interviews with some of the next generation, some of them had already transitioned in jobs within the cotton industry, but still had a really great relationship with their prior employer. The reason why they had moved on is that they had outgrown the role that they had within that business. So if you're looking at keeping your staff and you've got someone who's coming to you saying, I really want to challenge you really need to try and find some way that you're going to help that worker grow. And some of the growers I've spoken to who've been able to hold on to staff have done that in a number of different ways. So they've given them more responsibility in a specialised area that is to their strengths. They might have found a strength that 
is not necessarily part of their direct business but is aligned. So I had a grower who had developed a trucking partnership with an employee. Yeah, that employee might eventually leave the business and take that transport business on for himself, but then he'll have a contractor that he can always have to do business with and will be well looked after. So that's a real rambly long answer, but I guess you've got those two sorts of scenarios of why people might leave and you need to target what you're going to do to retain them based on what their motivation is. There's a huge amount of trust and responsibility being placed on farm workers. The work they do is crucial and has an impact on the yields farms achieve. What can growers do to keep farm staff engaged in their jobs? What were some of the experiences shared with you about work engagement? So an interesting way to answer this question is actually probably with some data from the current project I'm on, which is sort of around future workforce. And we had the chance to put some questions into the 2018 Grower Practices Survey. Um, shout out to all the growers who answered that. I'm your biggest fan because without that data, we really can't do what we need to do. We put some items in there that were based off my BMP HR practices at the time. We had, I've encouraged workers to give me their suggestions and feedback about farming matters. I've had open discussion about the skills development opportunities with workers on farm. And I've regularly provided feedback to my staff in relation to the performance of their jobs. So three normal best practice management that you would expect to find. We also asked growers to answer a couple of questions about their overall satisfaction with their workforce. In particular, an item which was a lack of engaged staff is negatively impacting my farm business. Just under 25% of growers indicated that that was an issue. About 20% couldn't really say, and the remainder indicated that they were going fine. But when we looked at those MyBMP practices, having open discussions about skills development and giving workers feedback about their performance had no significant relationship with that engagement question. But what did have a significant relationship with it was I've encouraged workers to give me their suggestions and feedback about farming matters. Now, why I'm talking about that is that's perceived organisational support in action. That's valuing your workforce, their contributions to your farm. Yeah, the correlation between that item and the engagement item was 0.257. So realistically, that's predicting about 6 to 7% variance in that outcome variable of engagement, which might sound really small, but when we're looking at performance, we're looking at incremental gains and every 1% better you can get, who knows exponentially what kind of impact that's going to have on your farm and your farming business. Now that's a super general observation and obviously there will be times and instances and plenty of different ways that you may or may not seek feedback or suggestions, but I guess it is one piece of quantitative evidence that that is actually really important. Do you have an example of this from your discussions with survey growers, farm managers and farm workers? I'm now putting together some early adopter case studies around technology adoption. Really when we're looking at technology adoption, we're looking at change management and keeping people engaged at work during a change management process is really challenging. But what this grower was doing, according to his worker, was texting him links to potential technology to get his feedback because he's going to be the operator who's going to use it. Is it going to work? Does it look too busy? Too many screens? Do you think it's going to be valuable? 
it didn't mean that he wasn't necessarily going to buy it if that person gave negative feedback about it. But what it did was it allowed that worker to be a part of that process, to know what was coming. That grower would look at different strategies. At least it even gave him the feedback of, if I do really want to go down this route, I'm going to have to get this extra support to help these workers do the job or make the most of it. In terms of speaking to growers, in the original job satisfaction survey, we asked them about getting feedback. And one grower was like, there is a big difference between a worker giving me suggestions and telling me how to farm. So obviously that grower employee relationship, there's a lot of trust and relationship building going on there for that to work. But yeah, all things show that that is potentially an important HR practice. And maybe we need to think about how we can best set up that sort of reciprocal relationship in terms of communicating between growers and employees. So Nicole, what are some of the key learnings and takeaways from your research that growers and farm managers can implement potentially as part of their own workforce strategies to ensure they can attract or retain the workforce they need? I'm really hesitant to give specific recommendations around practices yet, and that's because we're still working our way through the evidence on the current project. And when we design recommendations, I think it's really important that they don't just come from me as a researcher, that I take the evidence to growers and then we collaborate to develop those recommendations or practice changes that are going to work and have a positive impact on industry. So I guess my key takeaway is a bit general, but really it's how effectively we implement strategies that retain workers are ultimately going to become the attraction stories that we tell. And by that I mean that when workers have jobs with employers who give adequate supports and resources, that give them that fantastic lifestyle that agriculture can be, that gives them work that allows them to have a good impact and inspires them to be enthusiastic and dedicated in their goal-directed activity at work and part of an operation that's rising to the challenges that ag experiences, that's when you'll become an employer of choice. So that retention is really going to help drive attraction to the cotton industry. And really that is still a great takeaway for all employers on retaining staff. And my final question for you, Nicole, what impact does your research have for cotton growers and the wider Australian cotton industry? Oh, geez, you're asking the big questions now, Shana. So I hope my research will have impact in moving the conversation beyond that we value our employees. Overwhelmingly, the cotton industry already shows that they value people in the industry to what can we do to better support people to have decent careers in the cotton industry and move us towards the future. And by that I mean beyond intuitively doing what we're already doing, how can we use evidence to make improvements and gains in our people space the same way that we're doing it in all other areas of cotton farm businesses. I think cotton has the ability to be a real leader in how agriculture in the digital age is done. Thank you so much for joining us on this Crop to Top podcast, Nicole. Nicole is always ready for a chat about the Australian agriculture and cotton workforce. So if you would like to get in contact with Nicole for information on her workforce research or share your opinions, 
you can find her contact details on the University of Southern Queensland website or reach out on Twitter using her Twitter handle at Nick underscore career. Thanks for listening to Crop to Top, a Cotton Info podcast supported by Queensland Department of Agriculture and Fisheries and the Cotton Research and Development Corporation. I'm Shana Holman and we'll see you next time. Yeah.